like for me and everyone takes it differently and um, everyone grieves differently, but being able to talk to someone, not even someone that you know very well, and just being able to let it out is sometimes has been the best, the best for me. And, and being okay to have those hard conversations. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back, listeners. As always, your host, Steve Opolinik. Thank you for joining us for episode 42. Super excited to have this episode today. We got to sit down and speak with Jake Miskin and Christopher Roberts and really get to, to talk about the endeavor that they have going on. It's a film called Black Ice. Jake created this project by being affected by suicide when he was in high school how it affected the town and how the community was able to come together and create a supportive backdrop for not only the families um, going through the tragic losses but the peers the friends and the sports teams uh, who lost athletes and, and friends it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart I've lost many friends and some family members to suicide and I think what Jake and Chris are doing with Black Ice, the movie that they're trying to put out, I think it is a very important movie because it not only deals with the loss of a character due to suicide, but how the town is affected and how friends of that character are affected and how they go through life and, and try to pick up the pieces. So there's a lot to this. We get to sit with Jake and, and Chris and, and really understand how this came about, where they're at with it, and the community endeavors that they're doing to, to help. It's not just the movie that they're trying to do, they're also doing some promotional stuff with some gear to raise money for local nonprofits who are tackling this community aspect and mental health head on. And we, listeners, are very fortunate to be one of the benefactors of that. So we are going to work with Black Ice and Jake and Chris uh, starting December 15th to January 14th, meaning we'll be posting and supporting their message. They'll be posting and supporting our message. And then there will be a website that will be in this podcast show notes that you can buy gear that Jake and Chris made specifically to represent the fictional high school in the movie. Um, all that gear will help raise money to put the actual movie out. There's stuff shot of the movie that's fantastic. They're re-editing it, so it'll be out soon. So you can check that out. 
If it's out by the time this podcast comes out, I'll put it in the show, show notes so you can check it out and what they're doing. But if you buy some of the gear for Nihoden High School, part of that proceed will go to us at the Promethean Project, and you'll be able to help fund a, a pretty dope movie. One final note before we get started with the podcast. What we talk about in this podcast is heavy. It deals with suicide and can be triggering for some people. So if you feel like this might be triggering for you, please pause and do what you need to do and step away from the podcast and make sure that you are in a safe spot and you have supports around you. I am including in the podcast show notes a suicide hotline in case anyone needs it as a support and needs to reach out. So, so please feel free to use that as a resource. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome to the podcast, Jake and Chris. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing great. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, no problem. I'm really excited to have you both on. Uh, we're going to talk about your endeavors with the movie Black Ice. But before we get into that, I'm um, just wondering if you guys could introduce yourselves to the audience, let them know who you are, what you do, what drives you, what your passions are, and how you got there. Cool. Yeah. So I guess I'll start first. Um, I'm Jake Miskin. Um, I grew up in Neenal, Massachusetts. Um, I played soccer my whole life, came from a soccer family. Um, and I was lucky enough to play college soccer at Springfield College. Um, and right after college, I pursued uh, my dream in screenwriting. Um, and I drove cross country and uh, landed in Huntington Beach, California and stayed out there for four years. I did not study screenwriting. I studied sport management. So I always wanted to be on the business end of sports, but I decided to go with my gut and uh, pursue my dream in screenwriting. And now I am, I've journeyed all over in the work first force from um, working in the restaurant industry to now working in the school system. I am now a teaching assistant uh, with special education while also still pursuing my dream and making this movie a possibility and my other screen writer ability. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a little intro on me. Thanks. Chris. Uh, my name is Chris Roberts. I am also from Needham, Massachusetts. Um, like Jake, I followed my dream of working film, which led me to Los Angeles, California. I stayed out there for 12 years, uh, worked on both sides of the camera. Um, Came to know Jake actually out there uh, better than when we were back home. Nice. Also worked with the restaurant industry while we were doing that. Um, oh, ultimately, yep. my travels led me back home. I'm, I'm in a very uh, This is home. It's, it's, it's always going to be. I, I now live back here full time. Uh, met my wife. I live down at Cape Cod. Uh, we have a baby boy. Still, uh, still running the dream on the black ice front, Jake, and uh, back home right now. That's awesome. So, did you guys actually know each other, like when you were coming up, or did you guys 
meet out there and just so happen to be from the same hometown? So, so Chris is two years older than me. Um, we knew, we knew each other from, at least I knew Chris of, from the family, um, uh, through his brother, Jason and his father, um, just through little league baseball, football, um, just being around town and everything. Um, but really met Chris out in Huntington beach, um, through a mutual friend of ours from Needham. Um, and that's when we really started to like hit it off, um, and really connected on this project. That was Fitzy. Yeah, Matt Fitzgerald. <laughs> so, awesome. yes, yeah, I remember we, we actually officially met for the first time. I think maybe we crossed paths before that, but um, it was at my apartment in, in Hollywood at the time. Yeah, yep. And that was, um, yeah, that was the first time. You so started funny. talking about black guys. You, you guys crossed the United States and, and met each other, even though you're, you're from the yeah. East Coast in the same town. Exactly. You knew of town. each other. That's funny. Yeah. So, um, so tell me a little bit about black ice because I'm, we're going to dive d- deep into that and, and kind of get into the nuances and what it is and where the passions come from and what, it, where you're at and what you guys are doing. But can you tell me a little bit about the premise of the movie and where it came from, like the idea for black ice and, and what it's about? Cause I know you guys have a short, like, a. um, yeah, we had a little, we had a little proof of concept, um and that was for just to show how it can be done and the tone of it and um how we can make it and everything so a little backstory is growing up in Needham we had um at least when I was in high school um we had a um a cluster of suicides in my hometown Mm -hmm. um and so going through high school during that time it was it was like a little cloud over um, over the town and it was hard to talk about it. Um, and it hit home to a lot of families and communities, but what our community always did was bond together, um, either with sports or, um, getting together as friends, family, and being able to just talk about it. And so that always hit me in going to Springfield college and learning the the spirit, mind, and body mentality and philosophy and, um, and being around, um, another suicide in college, um, it really, really hit me again. Um, cause it's like, wow, I just went through high school with this happening and now I'm entering college and this happened again. And the premise of black guys came when I really wanted to write a hockey movie and tell a story about my hometown and how how hockey was such a huge implement of the town, the community in New England as a general. And that story hasn't been told. Um, And I also wanted to talk about the mental health aspect um, and with athletes. And, And so my senior year in college, um, I did get cut from, from soccer. And so that was a huge, huge adjustment for me. I played soccer my whole entire life, fall, winter, spring, even summer, all throughout the year. And then all of a sudden it just hit me that I was not playing soccer anymore, my senior in college. 
And that's when I really started dabbling with writing and letting out my feelings that way. And, um, and that's when I came up with the premise of, of Black Ice um, and telling the story through the eyes of a, a small town in Massachusetts. And so, yeah, so the story is about two best friends who um, one of the best friends does end up taking his own life. But we don't hit the angle of um, the boy who commits suicide, the character. Um, we take the premise of how it affects the community and um, his best friend and um, being able to come to be able to have the hard conversations of asking questions and um, and being able to see signs and hopefully you can see signs and if you don't see signs still ask um and so we we took that approach um with it because uh, that's how our community dealt with it and so it's inspired by those events it's a complete fictional um storyline um the the characters um they're influenced by um how i grew up in high school but the plot and the, the story um it's all fictional so yeah and it's, it's a hard topic to talk about. And so it's, it's very, it's a sensitive story and you have to um, be able to take the sensitivity, how everyone grieves differently. Um, and it's a hard, it's a hard project, but uh, um, Chris and I are very passionate about it um, to make this work. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think, um, I think it's an important story on many levels. Like you're talking about is community-based, uh, the sports-based, especially hockey in New England. And then just looking at, you know, there's that duality of the person who um, takes their life and then who's left over, who's left behind and how the community rallies or, or deals with it or if they're stuck with dealing with it and the struggles of that as well. And I think, you know, I'm going to include the link to what you guys have put out already in the show notes so that people can check it out and, and get hyped about it because I was watching it and I was like, man, this is, <laughs> this is going to be amazing because even in that short amount of time of what you guys did, it, there was so much emotion and storytelling packed into it. And I feel like it can only expand from there and get really connecting with people on a, on a different level than sometimes other movies can, you know, you have sports movies and then you have drama movies and then you have the aspect of mental health and, not necessarily do you always see that philosophy of how that stuff affects each other, how mental health, physical health, and, and you know, the triangle, spiritual health um, that we talk about at Springfield College comes into play, in, especially in a community setting. So you, yeah. so you started writing this, you meet Chris when you're out in California. How, yeah. how does uh, that relationship start to bloom? Like, where did you guys, uh, obviously you probably started with talking about the movie, but where did it go from there? Yeah, I mean, take that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we met out there and um, I think like that very night you started telling me about this project you've been working on and uh, you know, we, we hit it off. I think you and I started talking like, right away. I think it was that week you, or I think you, I think you even sent me a sample of the, one of the original scripts for me to read. And, and we met up down in Huntington a few weeks later and, at the time, uh, Jake had reached out to me and was was interested in my involvement more, I think, as a consultant of sorts. Um, 
just on more or less the 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 sensitivity of dealing with suicide. Uh, one of the one of the instances that Jake drew on from experience at Needham High School was with my younger brother Jason. His whole life here after he graduated Needham High School. Sorry. To and it was it was eleven years ago. Um, he was eighteen years old. And uh, it, it was unfortunately one of many instances in our hometown. Um, high school students, or recent graduates, it, it kind of built up this almost decade long period of almost constant grieving and, and mourning. Um, yeah, I think we had one of the highest rates in the country one year um, of, uh, unfortunately, of so Jake was really interested in my input, um, not only from uh, my my brother being one of the students, you know, it, it hit home for him as a student, but also of uh, of where we went after that. And what Jake said about the story being about the community itself in the wake of, of such a tragedy. Uh, my father, my family got very involved in the community after my brother's death. Um, they became very proactive. Um, they started working with Samaritans and um, really reaching out to the, the high school students and the recent graduates to, to really start wrapping our heads around where this was coming from and to break a stigma of you know, mental illness. And, you know, and not only the, the stigma of mental illness itself, but of this that was previously kind of associated with, with mental illness. You know, my, my younger brother was, you know, he's our basketball and, and football player. He was on the baseball team until his sophomore year. Uh, he, you know, was very outgoing. He was very socially outgoing. He was very well-liked. He had so much going for him. And it was, it was really it was just really hard for a lot of people, um, especially the, the older generations to wrap their heads around, you know, someone with that type of lifestyle to be going through what he was going through at the time. You know, there was a stigma of kids who experienced mental illness, kids who were more introverted, kids who were less socially outgoing. And that's, that's just not the case, you know? Um, that, that was just really what we were looking at. It was, it was happening to everybody. And it was, it could have been anybody. And that really blew the lid off this, this idea. You know, we realized we had to start talking to everybody and, and reaching out to everybody and making sure that everybody was okay. You know, there was no more assuming that somebody was all right just due to what you saw. Right. Um, so I guess to uh, get back to, <laughs> get back to the base of the question, um, that was primarily my involvement with Jake. Um, going through the story and Jake's, Jake's primary objective has always been um, benefiting the community of, of mental illness and suicide survivors, especially and the sensitivity towards, towards people like myself who have been through it, who have experienced that. Um, 
I never had to correct you. It's, it's always been like right on the level, you know? Nice. Yeah. Everything I've, I've always read was not only accurate, but like very well spoken and thought out and, um, and very well, I mean, towards what I can remember being a very sensitive issue. It still is a very sensitive. That's, that's how we started out. Uh, since then, we've obviously come a long way. We both home. We had the uh, charity fundraiser going on Black Ice back in February. Uh, Which was helped. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, over 250 people um, showed up. Um, and we raised eight, close to 8600 over a little bit over $8,600 for Samaritans. Um, in one night and it was truly truly unbelievable the community that we got um, not just Needham but the surrounding towns that that came in support and a lot of my old high school classmates came back years older younger um, and it was just cool the the support it it got Um, and I truly, hopefully, fingers crossed with everything with Corona that uh, we can do that event again and make it an annual event um, yeah. along with this movie. And you got it right it, under the radar. That was yeah, right, yeah. right before it started. Right? It, it was February 26th and it was literally right before everything. I think that was like the last time everyone could remember being in a crowd that big. Yeah. There that night. So yeah, that was, it was truly amazing. And obviously I've kept the, the connection with Samaritans very uh, um, strong and, and everything. Um, so, so yeah. That's great. So I, I just want to take a second and, and thank you, Chris, for being open and kind of sharing your story and how it relates to uh, not only the movie that you guys are working on, but the mission that kind of comes along with it, which, you know, we hinted at it with, with the fundraising that you guys just mentioned, but I, I feel like, it'd be a disservice not to talk about that part of it too, because this is bigger than just a movie. This is kind of a movement related to those things that we have mentioned earlier in the podcast about mental health and, and community and and survivors of, you know, losing people to suicide. And I think with that, you know, Chris, you mentioned Samaritans doing some good work with them. And then that was your, the organization that you worked with, with the fundraising and raising that money um, with that process, but, but you've gone beyond even in COVID COVID coming in right after that fundraiser could have given you guys a lot of pause to be like, okay, you know, like we're stuck here. We'll put it on hold for right now. But from, from what I've seen and what Jake and I have talked about, it, it's almost like lit a, uh, a fire under you guys to 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 move forward and say okay even if we can't do that kind of fundraising let's come up with a different way and reach out to different organizations doing the work that we want to support so can you guys tell me a little bit about how that transition and what that looks like yeah so the the event was supposed to launch because i so I, I, when I wrote the first script in 2013, so basically I've been, I've been pitching it. I've been reworking it, um, talking with production companies all out in LA and everything. And it, it would get to the certain point and then we wouldn't either hear from them or it just wasn't the right time. Um, 
And we kept getting that out in California. And it was actually Chris's um, manager who told us, is like, hey, let's really like just hone in on, because I had multiple. So it was, when I first wrote the script, it was a, I wrote it as a TV episode. Because I wanted to, I wanted to draw more connections with different characters and what the process is and everything. And um, like a little TV miniseries. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually Chris's um, manager who said, why don't you hone it in on just one character and storyline and the community and make it into a movie. Um, and so that was in about like 2015, beginning of 2015 was when that happened. So then we started pitching all that. Um, and again, we got to the levels and then it would come back down to earth and we thought we would, we would get it made. And I decided, I was like, I don't, I don't think Hollywood and they, they're just not getting the story. Right. Right. Um, and so that's when I, I moved back to, to Boston and I really wanted to make this into a community project and a grassroots mission. And that event was supposed to launch the community aspect of it all. Um, and then a Kickstarter afterwards. Um, and then obviously Corona hit and I, it just, I felt like it wasn't the right timing for that. And right. so I wanted to also come up with a, a unique, cool, out of, out of the box kind of Kickstarter social media campaign um, that people can get involved with the project and really um, be engaged with it. And so came up with Black Ice Skates with Mental Health and focused on mental health and athletes. And so that's when um, I started reaching out. I reached back out to Samaritans. I reached out to another organization called Speed, um, Impact and Agility. And I actually got connected through you, through an old Springfield College uh, friend. Shout out to Tony. Tony, (laughs) yep. Um, And said, I think I have the perfect guy for you. Mm. Um, And that's when we met. And, And basically... I wanted to also support organizations around Massachusetts or New England that is really going above and beyond. Um, and, but also be able to raise money finally for the project. Um, Cause we did the event for Samaritans and it was awesome. Um, but a hundred percent of the proceeds went to Samaritans. Um, right. And, and I got advice once and it was like, Jake, like you're doing an unbelievable job with the community, but it's time to focus in on getting money for the project so people can see the project. And I was like, all right, cool. So I did. It's true. You know, so, like you, you got to yeah. trace your passions, but you also, you also, uh, you know, you want to be helpful, but you also have to do what your passion is, right? Passion is. And eventually I think this movie will bring a lot more help to the community. And, um, and so, yeah, I set it up as a month to month basis where I would highlight, um, people wearing the no hoarding gear and tell a little statement of what mental health and suicide prevention means to them. And they can write whatever they want about it. Um, I never gave truly any guidelines on it. It could be long. It could be small. It could be a quote. It could be, 
um, just a one-liner that they heard or that they feel. And it truly, I reached out to everyone, anyone that I knew. And the support that I got from it was amazing. They said yes right away. Um, and it's turned into, now we're on, we've surpassed the first month and now we're in the middle of our second month. Um, and I believe when this podcast comes out, it will be the launch of yours. Yep. And I'm trying to um, time it correctly. It might be like a week before the launch, but we'll hype yep. it up so that it, it co- correlates, you know? Yeah. And so every month, all the apparel that is bought um, through that month. So for instance, if your, if your month started December 15th and it ended January 14th, any merchandise purchased throughout that month, 10% of the proceeds will um, end up with your organization. And the first month went great. Um, the second month is, is going well. And we hope we just can keep this going as long as possible and eventually make enough money on this end that we can at least start something again. Um, and, and yeah, so, um, we have, we have our budget set out that we want the goals that we want to make. And, um, I think we can do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I I love that connection of, you know, yeah, we're going to raise money, but we're also going to do it through advocating, uh, regarding mental health and, and putting spotlights on, on different organizations that collaborate on that front. So, uh, it's a, a truly unique approach to it, but also a, a really community-based approach. So I love that. That was kind of the the flip that happened when, you know, Hollywood was kind of like, oh, we, you know, we're not sure. And then you're like, no, I'm going to do this my way. And you you kind of turned it around that way. So I think that's great. And that's, that's what really was kept me involved, too. I mean, uh, to go back to what you were saying before, you know, when, when we first started talking about uh, this project out west, and it was kind of like stopping back. And uh, ultimately, we talked about uh, rewriting the script from an episodic TV series to a film, and that was just that made more sense. Our production level at the time, you're mm-hmm. to get an independent film made and retain creative control, and it's just a TV series where yeah. network or streaming giant, you know, Netflix or Amazon. But it, it just wasn't clicking for the people that, that you were kind of making the rounds to out there. You know, it's it's a very New England-based story. And there's a lot of things that are very, very um, culturally accurate based in Boston, Massachusetts, or, or New England, or, or even just the East Coast. Or, you know, big hockey community. LA is not a big hockey community. You know? It's, it's starting to. It's starting to become a little hockey community. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, and, that, and that's really what bridged both of us independently, you know, moved home over the course of like a year and a half, two years. Yep. And um, th- this is still Jake's, Jake's project. You know, I'm, I'm kind of just been along for the ride. But what's really kept me there is, has always been your vision, Jake, for the, the community aspect around it. It's never just been about the film. 
your, your vision has always been about the, the money that you can raise for a cause to, to really rally like your own brand of, of charity fundraising that, that we can do to raise awareness of mental illness and, and to benefit organizations like Promethean or, or Samaritan. And I mean, even when I, I moved home and I, you know, I, I kind of took a big step back, you know, from film industry and, and from doing anything related to it and you came home and, and you were still ready to go and you were still geared up and you were like, we're doing it a different way. And, you know, everything's still on board. This is my plan, this, this. And it was even more community at that point. And um, I, I remember the night that we went into Samaritans. Um, I, I had introduced Jake to a few friends I had over there from the work that my father and my family had done with them over the years. And um, mm -hmm. I just kind of sat in, you know, just the whole support. And uh, Jake outlined the ideas of the, the Black Ice charity event. That we had back in February. <laughs> it was like in January that we decided to do it officially. So we had like six, eight weeks to plan the whole thing. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, I pulled you aside afterwards. I was like, like, what what percentage of like, you know, proceeds do you want to like, you know, go to Samaritans? And Jake was like, well, all of it. And I was like, all right, all right, let's <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's do it. But at a certain point, you know, like you, you do have to start with how you're actually getting this project right that's where we're at now and um we, we did the event COVID happens um i had a baby my wife was pregnant at the time so uh you know i, I moved down to cape cod and, and we settled in and jake i didn't talk to you for like a month or so and then yeah i just assumed that things were kind of lying low like like you mentioned steve and and then you were just like no i'm going full force ahead i got this whole like like proactive, like uh, social media campaign going with like the swag and the stuff that you designed for the for the fictional team that we had initially thought about for the the charity event, but that, that everybody really liked the idea of. And I was like, shit, dude, this kid's just going, you know, 100 miles an hour still. That's yeah. awesome. Let's do it. And um, and it's and again, it's it's been a community effort because. And other stories with this merchandise is um, the company is Downtown Crossing, and um, and it's a local-based company in Boston. And um, one of the partners um, is who I who I work with, and he was so supportive, and he grew up in Needham and everything, and and so they wanted to get involved. Um, and obviously, I I I spoke to him about the projects like when I first started and everything and um and he was and he's an unbelievable artist his name's Andy Coyle um and he was the one that that drew the bear came up with the design and did he do the painting he did the painting um we had a like custom made painting for the um the event um oh nice and just a shout out to him we had that that um uh, the table of uh was it was a raffle yeah we had a silent, we had silent, a silent auction. auction table and we had all this unbelievable memorabilia we had a celtics team signed ball we had um all these jerseys from famous athletes and the one that went for the most was this oh, painting so <laughs> um and it's actually used as like our our poster right now 
Um, nice. And he he did it, and it sold for seven hundred dollars, and it was wow. incredible. And if we also could do a quick shout out to um, another Springfield alum, uh, Joe Sway Pavone. Yeah. He's, um, uh, he's uh, worked with the Celtics. Oh, cool. And with uh, WEI. And he, he actually was our first to get in the um, basketball. Signed by the entire Celtics team. Boy, that's now an option. Yeah, that's uh, in six weeks, you guys got that. That's that's impressive. And that was that was the community help. It was so many people from Needham that just wanted to take part and make this truly happen. Um, so even Chris's mom, everything is uh, mother-in-law um, helped out big time, and along with. Uh, one of our other friends' mom got us on the radio to have a little 30-second. It was awesome. Nice. So Everybody really banded together. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's, that's you know, we've, we've talked about it before, but, I you know, my personal philosophy and why we started the Promethean Project was the community-based interventions for healing and, and preventative work. And then also, you know, when, when things like this happen, being able to have a community of support and, you know, kind of like what you guys were saying, every time I've pitched the nonprofit to people, they've come back to us and said, this should be for profit. You can make a lot of money. And we've always turned down that notion because the idea is no, it, it needs to be owned by the community. There needs to be a real genuine community feel to this. And because it's about connection, it's about um, supportiveness and, and, co-regulation of, of healing and, and mental health and physical health and spiritual health. And so that's why I love what you guys are doing. And, you know, I'm hyped to kind of work with you guys. I got, I, I got a, the yeah. black hoodie. I got it in, in the cart. I just got to buy it because I think nice. it looks really dope. I love bears as well. We just had a yep. couple bears at the house last night. So it was a reminder. I was like, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta click that, <laughs> get that going. <laughs> And oh, I, awesome. I've called a lot of my Springfield alumni friends who uh, are down to do some of the pictures and some of the quotes and, and talk about yep. mental health. So um, we got to set that up in the future, but I'm really excited about it. I'd also love, so we're planning something next year of doing panel discussions, like one, one a month, just to kind of build that community presence and have people talk about stuff, uh, whether it's mental health or physical health or you know, whatever's going on. We haven't quite ironed everything out yet. Um, but we have a couple speakers already and I'd love to have you guys come on and a, a panel and, and possibly, you know, present, you know, some of uh, what you got and then have a, a discussion about community and mental health. Yeah. I mean, I would love that. Yeah. That'd be great. But let me, let me know when. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to take a little while. I'm in the planning yeah. stages of it right now, but I'll, I'll definitely yeah. know because we're aiming to start uh, January probably with an ADHD kind of panel, um, but we'll go from there. So uh, a couple of things before we end the session. Uh, the listeners know this, but I always throw these two questions out. So I'm going to hit you both with them and, and take some time to think about it. The two questions are, what do you think your superpower is meaning what do you do really well and excel at and then because i'm a huge geek 
what superpower would you want if you could have any superpower and why would you pick that superpower? You can answer in any fashion. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be so rigid. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chris, you want to go first on this one? And I mean, who doesn't want to fly, right? Like, I still have dreams, like, at least once a month that I'm flying. Like, it's a good one. Never stop believing that, like, someday. It will happen. <laughs> Jetpack technology, maybe it'll, it'll actually happen. But um, I, I, I myself am a big dream. Can't help but always go back to boss coming out of my hand. Yeah, I was a huge Wolverine fan when I was much younger. <laughs> Just they, there's something about him so primal. It kind of feeds into to nature, but also so caring at times too. You know. Yeah. I um, I guess my superpower will be. Um, I mean, my my favorite character spider-man i don't know if that's it works considered a super yeah superpower yeah. but i didn't I mean, say climbing, mutant, climbing walls superpower, yeah. yeah i mean climbing all the walls jumping <laughs> would love to do that you do have kind of a peter parker thing going <laughs> <laughs> hey that's not a diss in this day and age you know oh, peter yeah. parker's the man um and then i guess uh, a superpower that i think i have is being to connect to people on a genuine level and um, just being, being able to talk um, to people when they need to talk um, and Love listening, that. listening well. Nice. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you kind of stole my answer to that one too. You know, where you like guys can, have, you can have the same answer. No, no one's <laughs> got a market on it. <laughs> we didn't talk about this before. That's crazy. Um, no, like that's that's kind of the closest thing I can I've, I've ever experienced to having superpowers. The ability to connect with um with people I care about, and especially in the like hard times, to yeah. be able to be there and, and to be able to talk and, and to be able to sense you know, when something going on under the surface, even when people say that it's not, you know, just, just to really care up to that close need a little extra love or a little extra extra care you know yeah i mean those are that sounds you know it's like it's really important to, just to go the extra mile yeah it's super important skills to have to do what you guys are doing so i mean you're in the you're pointed in the right direction and, and you're killing it so that's really awesome. I like to end the podcast with just giving you guys a couple minutes to um, express whatever gems of knowledge you'd like the listeners to take away from the conversation. Any, anything, any uh, quotes you want to put out there or any, you know, philosophies that you live your life by or, or want people to connect to feel free to kind of throw it out to the listeners and, and leave them with that. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll just say, just don't be afraid to have the hard conversations and just like for me and everyone takes it differently and um, everyone grieves differently, but being able to talk to someone, not even someone that you know very well and just being able to let it out is sometimes has been the best 
the best for me and and being okay to have those hard conversations awesome the, the biggest thing that that I, I take away from this whole experience is, is how accurately jake's story his writing uh has spoken to my own personal life and all, all the more reason yeah, for me to it just be so invested in this project and want the world to see the story. You know, it, it's not clean and it's it's not easy. It's not pretty. It's it's very. It, it can be very messy in the wake of tragedy, in the wake of experiencing mental illness or anxiety or social disorders or, or anything, OCD, uh, anything you're dealing with. Especially in the wake of things, things get messy. It's, it's not always easy to see things. It's not always easy to understand things, and it's not always easy to, to understand what the people around you are going through. But being there and and standing up and just staying constant and, and caring about the people around you, it, it can save yourself in a way, as well yeah. as the people you care about. Definitely. Well, guys, you know, this is this has been awesome to pick your brains and talk about the project and where everything has come from. And thank you guys for being open about your own experiences and sharing that and, you know, connecting on on that level. Um, so honored to have you on the podcast. So honored to to speak your truth and and work with you guys in the future. And so looking forward to the stuff that we can do together. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at the Promethean project.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen and remember that the most important step is always the next one.